0: Hello everyone, I'm Casey and I'm Michael and welcome to put that record on this week We're spinning McCartney 3 by Sir Paul McCartney his 18th solo studio album from the year 2020 It's experimental in places blues here Beatles there, but it's certainly 100% Paul So please join us around the record player sit back and enjoy
1: McCartney 3 was recorded and released during the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, during what he called Rockdown. It's the third in a trio of albums, along with McCartney and McCartney 2, written, performed, and produced solely by McCartney himself. Slight fun story on this. It was released on December 18th, a week after its original December 11th release date, because Taylor Swift was actually originally going to release her album, Evermore, on the 11th, and moved hers to the 18th out of respect for McCartney. McCartney, after learning this, moved his album to the 18th, so Swift's album could once again line up with her birthday. McCartney and Swift are BFFs now, which is great.
0: That's so cute.
1: (laughs) So cute. So adorable.
0: I I read... I read what that you wrote this because I didn't know and I was like, "Oh my goodness."
1: <laughs> Cause they were on the cover of a uh, Rolling Stone, like back in like October or something. Yeah, they're They're best friends now.
0: BFFs, biffles for life.
1: Anyways, yeah, uh welcome to our first episode. Uh if you hadn't heard our- into our episode, how these episodes will work is we are going to review every bit of the album actually. Um and one of the things that I feel like is most important to each album is actually the cover. I don't I feel like Most places don't review the cover. They're they're focused on the music, which, I mean, is most of it. But back in the olden days, you went to a record store and you just looked at covers. You you might know which album you're going to, you're, like, hunting out a specific album, but you also used to just browse. It's like, that looks fun. Like, the cover was there to sell the album, to kind of do its best impression on, like, what the music's about. And looking at famous covers, it's like, the colors in them match the music. You have covers like Animals from Pink Floyd, which is gritty. It's like, this is going to be a gritty album. There's like, you look at that album and you're not like, this is going to be some fun pop music. There's zero way that that can be a fun pop album. And so I feel like it's important for us to not like dive into huge details about each cover, but I feel like we definitely have to mention it. And like, if anything stood out and some of them might not, and some of them might be bad, but I feel like we should just bring it up, so since, Casey, you're a resident artiste.
0: Oh, you flatter me. (laughs) Ah, yes. Ah,
1: Well, I'm not the artiste, so you are the artiste.
0: I should mention, I just noticed, just now, that that is a die on its side on the number three. I did not examine the album that closely prior to this, and I really just thought that was some weird white tinker toy, like a modern... Modern tinker toy piece. No. But nope. now I am realizing that McCartney did not put a tinker toy nope. <laughs> of modern variety on his cover. And that is a dice. A die. Well, I've, <laughs> despite me uh, not recognizing what toy that is on the cover. <laughs> I actually think it's quite nice. It's very easy on the eyes. It's modern and it's actually quite clever. I don't, think that i i don't see any significance to the die itself within uh what you get out of the album except that it is mccartney three and that is a three quite literally so good on good on mccartney there for that
1: i feel like it's like a like a little retro future vibe which i mean kind of describes mccartney it's like hey this is not like gonna be new 2020 modern music but it also is like modern mccartney but modern mccartney is still a little you know retro and I feel like the t- the typeface of McCartney also has that kind of vibe going, where the typeface feels like it's right out of the, at least like 70s 80s era. And there's actually a article which I found, which I'll link in the show notes below, on the uh, artist that did this cover for him. And he has a lot of this type. This is his typeface, and he used it in lots of pictures. Describe, you know, just a- he he put this basically phrases over pictures with this typeface, and it was just it was a kind of a his art style. Yeah, I, I like the die. Just what's fun is if you if you see it in Apple Music, they actually animated it, so the die just spins.
0: Oh, that's cool. On, on three. I'm I'm a I'm a Spotify basic over here. Yeah, I think
1: I I think Spotify was supposed to also get animated album covers, but I don't know when they're bringing that up.
0: Yeah, I don't think they have that. the The album covers themselves aren't animated. They do that thing where if you go into the song as you're listening to it, there might be some sort of art or like video playing in the background, like mini little music video clips. Depending on the the album or the artist or the song, but uh, yeah, the the cover is not animated.
1: Nothing nothing wrong with the cover. I'm decent, at least decent. We're not we're not rating everything. We we give a rating at the end of the album, and we'll sometimes mention song ratings. Um, uh, but because if you just rate everything, then that's no one likes that. Before we get into the songs, uh, there's a couple topics and themes. Sometimes these will be easier to spot. Um, I didn't have many for this album. Two things stood out to me. One about the album, one just in general. The main one is we're just blessed to live during the same times as uh, Paul McCartney. Uh, It's like if if you watch the interviews that he did with the album or the videos, it's amazing how much energy I feel like he has for being 78. Like he just has so much fun making music. Just, you know, he does all the work behind this. And yeah, 78, which is just wild to me.
0: Well, to me, just because, I mean, I, I've been listening to the Beatles for a long time. And to me, it's like, you know, you listen to that and it's like, that's old rock. Like, that's what it is. This is classic. This is like, this is old music. And that's just how it's always thought and like thought of in my head and hearing, you know, stuff that he's still producing today, which it has its own spin, its own variety. And it's still so good. It's just like, you were one of those guys. Like That's you. It's just so wild that there's just so many decades that this man has spanned with his music creation.
1: By the time the Beatles broke up it was I mean, at this point fifty one years ago, but when this album came out fifty years after it. And most people consider the Beatles discography, those seven years of music to be some of the, I mean, the most influential music ever made. He's got a song one of my oh, my first favorite songs was When I'm Sixty Four. And he's like 14 years older than that now, and that was like back when he was like, ah, I'll never make it to 64, and I'll just be old, and no one will pay attention to me when I'm 64. And it's like, no, I'm still just gonna be making music at 78. It's fine. No,
0: nope. you're you're still relevant. You're still relevant. You're still doing your thing. It's still awesome. Like, <laughs> you're best friends with Taylor Swift now. I guess Taylor. Sw- I guess Taylor Swift is like, I'm best friends with Paul McCartney. <laughs> like,
1: that's more impressive.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she knows it. <laughs>
1: The other theme that I picked up on is this isn't just like he came out of nowhere and released now. He recorded Egypt Station just two years ago in 2018, and he's been releasing an album every four to five years forever, basically. But this is something he produced in quarantine and produced himself. And it's not the first time. He's done this twice before with McCartney 1 and McCartney 2 and certain other albums he's had more of a hand in. But You definitely notice it when he's producing his work, how much of just his writing and his style just kind of shows up. Producers don't change the music, per se. You can tell in his last album, which had some good songs on it, that even though he wrote everything and he played most of the instruments, a producer is someone, they're like, let's make this a little cleaner. Let's like, you know, wrap this up. Let's you know, let's put a producer's shine on it, basically. Whereas here, he can just do whatever he wants to. And I feel like that's a really important thing to this series of albums that he has created and why people love them so much is he's just one of, of, if not the most talented musician that's ever lived. So the best thing to do is kind of just let him do what he wants to do and not have a producer feel like they need to make it theirs. Because... As much as the producer might be a well-renowned producer, people are here to listen to Paul McCartney's music, which he has shown time and time again he can just produce by himself for everyone, and they'll love it. And that's all I really had. There there aren't any, like, themes that I spotted in the album beyond. This is just Paul writing music, and that's in its own right cool. So, But there's nothing beyond that to me.
0: Yeah, I don't think I found any themes either even just looking at them now and the songs like a lot of the songs stand they stand on their own they work together they do work together i think especially in sound but i i don't think that i don't think he's telling a story too much here um he might be and i'm just too dense to notice it
1: no i i think he's just he's just writing songs wakes up has an idea writes a song around it and moves on it's it's there's no like you know, connected weaving between these. With that out of the way, we'll just kind of go through some of the songs now. And by some of them, I mean, we'll touch on all of them because it's fun and <laughs> it's a good way to talk about the album, we feel.
0: It's fun and that's kind of what this whole thing is about.
1: <laughs> Albums are about songs. Really? Really?
0: really? really? You don't know. You
1: do. The first song on the album is titled Long-Tailed Winterbird. Which you should probably say because it's Winter Bird.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, you want. Bird. (laughs) So, McCartney kicks off the album with the song titled Long-tailed Winter Bird. And I did pick this song to highlight simply because I enjoyed it so much as an opening song to the album. It caught my attention right away. It has very strong guitar. And the guitar starts with a little melody or lick that persists throughout the whole song in different forms. And what this song reminded me of was like, not something that I've taken part in, but I guess what people call a jam sesh, like when you've got a couple people, one on guitar, maybe one on bass and drums, and they all get together every week or so just to come together and play music. And then they might end up like playing something that sounds super cool, and they're like, oh yeah, this is great. And then they build on it and they keep going with it. And that's kind of what this song reminded me of. It was like just a group of people that were just getting together and playing, even though that this isn't a group of people, it's just Paul being Paul. But that was kind of what I got from it. And it was kind of, it was just fun to listen to. It was just fun to jam out to.
1: I I agree wholeheartedly. I the I wrote down the vibe. is just fun. And then I wrote jam out. But I think it's a great way. I mean, the intro song to an album is so important because it has to draw the listener in. So you mentioned it immediately caught your attention. And the fun part of it is it's a fun, catchy instrumental. And it is. A, I feel like it is a jam out, but it's kind of saying, look, I you know this is all Paul, but it's just Paul jamming out. Paul's just jamming with himself. And that's kind of the vibe of the whole album of his rockdown was just like, I'm in quarantine. I'm just going to jam out music by myself. It's just like, And so he can just play something and then loop it, play something else. And he's just he's having fun. And I think that fun, you pick up on it like you're going to have just as much fun listening to him jamming out as he's having jamming out. And I feel like that sets an incredible vibe for the album.
0: I agree. And I also want to point out there's like a couple times in the song that there are these like little weird little background bits. It's like it's either flute or recorder. And that feels like such a Beatles callback. Like, <laughs> like something a little funky off of um, the Beatles, or you know, I'm pretty sure that, that that's what they call it—the White Album. But it's not titled the White Album, am I right?
1: It's just called the Beatles. It's self-titled.
0: The Beatles, yeah, yeah, the self-titled album. They, they, like, there's some funky songs in there. I mean, Revolution Nine exists, but yeah, that's just what it reminded me of. And I don't know if that's what it was or what it was for, but it's just like awkward little recorder in the background.
1: <laughs> Paul, if you've ever listened to some of his solo stuff. Is very experimental in places, and I I hope one day we do um, get to talk about something like the McCartney One or Ram, his just like his after the Beatles albums where it was just him. Paul's he just likes playing anything. Like you just give him an instrument and he'll he's gonna be like, how do I fit this into a song, even if it doesn't fit perfectly. Like t- he's just like I want I like the sound I like the way the sounds and you know we're gonna be good with it. So I'm sure he just has a a studio with a flute and recorder and. A bunch of different instruments
0: he just has everything and he'll just record <laughs> little sound bites on
1: he just has so many instruments around he's just like how do i use every one of these and, and but that's part of experimentation and having fun playing music is you just if you're good at being a multi-instrumentalist you will just play everything like in the song when the singing like the like that little bit like the first time that comes in it's like that's so fun because it's like you hear it coming in and you're like you can immediately sing along with it it's like It brings you, the listener, into an instrumental jam, which is fun. It's real good. It's just a great, it's a great opener.
0: It's such a good opener. I was, I was like so ready for the album as soon as that came in. And I, I didn't know, like you have the thought is like, oh, is this like a instrumental album of some kind? Like you don't really know, but I was just like, whatever it was, I was really enjoying it and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I put this on. Like that, that was the feeling I got.
1: It's also super fun to play the, that open e riff on guitar because it's just like a it's just a fun it's just a fun (laughs) jam thing it's just a bunch of hammer ons and you're just kind of going after that the high e string which is that i mean the main riff and then just some i mean it's got muted just muted strumming which again super easy but just fun playing it you just immediately can feel like how he's having fun with it this is he picked up a guitar and he's like this is
0: fun so yeah that's that's all i have to to say on long-tailed winter bird
1: I, I put ratings on every song, but for the record, I gave it a six out of seven because I was like, this is real good.
0: I mean, you can... I, I figured you're probably just going to jump in with your ratings on the songs. I'm not going to bother rating individual songs.
1: <laughs> I'm just, I just sit there in music and I'm just like, let's give it the ratings.
0: Basically, it's a very good song.
1: <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Second song on the album is entitled Find My Way, which I just put the vibe of fun. That's all I had. But I, I didn't want... That's, all, no, that's, that's, all, all, you that's got. all I got. <laughs> um, I, did, I wanted to highlight this one because I feel like this is, the first one, if it's a jam you know, jam session, this one is just like someone who is really good at music having fun making music, which is similar to the intro, but that's a really good combo to have, an intro that says this and then a song that kind of builds on that mood. The first one's instrumental. The second one is like an actual song. It's one he put out a video for where he's, it's a video of him just playing all these instruments. There's so much about the song that I just love. I love all the little keyboard interludes. Like, it's not a structure of like, verse, pre chorus, chorus, verse, pre chorus, chorus. It's like, verse, chorus, verse, interlude, chorus out of note. Like, there's just like, it's a little jumpy, but I like that. It's not jumpy in a bad way. It's jumpy in a, we're just going to add, (laughs) we were talking about it, just random instruments. Like, there's a lot of random instruments in here. One of the things I love about the song is the chorus is so good. And he was actually talking about mm-hmm. it in um, mm-hmm. an interview with, I think with um, on Apple, Apple, what is it? Beats 1, whatever Apple calls their uh, radio show, but they had like an hour long interview with him where he has these very confident verses. And then he has um, these, this kind of anxious chorus. And he was talking about the way that he and John used to write because John was the pessimist and he was the optimist. And you could always hear that. You could hold that in th- songs like We Can Work It Out or like Getting Better, which is the one he mentioned, which is like he's singing, it's getting better all the time. And then jo- John singing, it couldn't get much worse. Hmm. And that's part of what made the John and Paul music so special. It's just like they had two completely different takes. But when you meld them together, it made perfect music. The same kind of worked with um, in Pink Floyd where Roger Waters gritty just like depressing lyricism and then David Gilmour would rise up out of the ashes and just I mean that's the whole thing of Comfortably Numb <laughs> is you've got the voices are just so down they're so the minor and then the chorus is just just you know Gilmour just, <laughs> just floating out of there I'm just like yes <laughs> so that was something that struck me about this song is it had this you know back and forth of two different voices in the song but they work together so well in the, between the verse and the chorus. And I just, I, I loved that about the song.
0: I found this, like, so I, the vibe I wrote, I have um, driving, walking, moving, grooving. Like, it, it just makes you want to get up and move around, but like, in a good way. It's super upbeat. I said the song is a good feeling song. It's very upbeat, makes you want to groove while you're walking down the street. The chorus is what stands out to me. I actually, I did write. That's like specifically I even wrote the lyrics out because I wanted to be able to like remember it because um, it is different. And I I did not notice how exactly it does ju- juxtapose, I guess, the rest like the, the verses. I, yeah, just qu- more quiet vocally. It's a little little gentle. And what's funny is uh, when I when he first went into the chorus, it made me think of <laughs> Glass Animals, which is completely different, a totally different group but the lead singer kind of sounds like that. So, and, and vocally sounds like that through in a lot of um, their music. And so that was a comparison that my brain made, but I don't think there's any other comparison to make, except when I looked them up today, they are UK based. So
1: uh, everyone draws influence from the Beatles. That's one of those things. It's
0: <laughs> I'm not even saying they draw influence from the Beatles. I'm not even saying there's any connection to be made other than I think vocally they, Specifically in the chorus of Find My Way, Paul's vocals sound a bit like the lead singer of Glass Animals and how he sings. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's no relevance. <laughs> but yeah, no, I very much enjoyed this as a second song. I think that it does carry the mood over. It's still very happy, it's, but it's completely different from the first song.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things I really liked about it is there was a false ending on it you so rarely hear, like, a false ending. Like, it ended, and then, like, kind of picks back up, and he just jams around for 50 seconds, which is fun. And it occurred to me that on vinyls, you wouldn't actually really know where one song would end and the next one would begin. Now, of course, when you're, if you're watching the time bar on, in music or Spotify or whatever, you can see those 50 seconds left. So you're like, ah, what's this? But you could totally think, like, either it's just an, an interlude or just something else other than the end of the song. But I, I did like the... The, the kind of the, again the jamming out the having fun bit of of this album. So the third song of the album is entitled "Pretty Boys." I honestly don't have too much to say about this one.
0: No, I don't have too much either. I have a, I have a couple things. Um, this bring this changes the mood. I will say that you go from like all these happy upbeat things and then it's the pretty boys and I wrote for vibe. It's the morning, sun is rising, you've got the day ahead of you, and make the best of it. It's kind of like, and then that's kind of how I pictured it. I picture it like a sunrise kind of song, but like, it's, it's, not, it's not happy. I, will, I, I don't really know what the song is making you feel. I did, I did write, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, but this feels like a father-son song, in that the father is saying, boy, you go out into this world and you make me proud now. <laughs> I agree, it does
1: change the vibe. Not in a bad way. You know, you obviously do not want an entire album to be of the same vibe that would get old. So having songs that shift the vibe is very important. Um, So having two songs in a row that kind of match each other, great. And then shifting it, great. I gave it a nice little four out of six. I gave Five My Way a six out of six. Oh, six out of seven, by the way. I didn't mention that, but give it a four. I I really liked the vocal and bass melody interlude and how the bass plays throughout the song. The kind of, yeah, the interludes of the... How the bass is playing along with with the vocal at that, and then sometimes the the bass does that same melody elsewhere or, or like plays on it a little bit when the vocal's not there. Really like that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's a good song. I don't I don't have anything to to highlight, and I don't actually remember too much about it musically, except like I'm not sure how to describe it, and I think it's the guitar. It's just a they're, it's very steady rhythmically. It doesn't change. There's no syncopation or anything. It's just the the straight doo 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 or whatever the music is and that was flat.
1: In terms of the album when I'm listening to it, I do like the song and I it's like it's right on the borderline where it's like I might put in like a playlist of mine, but definitely during the album I do catch myself like with the bass I I like here I do like hearing the the melody every time it comes on, so that's a good sign.
0: I certainly would not skip it. I don't know if I'd be sticking it on a playlist, but I, I like it. I like listening to it. So,
1: Right after Pretty Boys is uh, Women and Wives. Uh, I also don't have much to say on this one, although <laughs> you, you have something more fun than I do.
0: No, I was about to say, same as the last one. <laughs> I don't have much here.
1: And that's not to say that, that the album is declining. I think, it's, I think it's a good, when you're talking about album flow, it's like, you start up high, you go into valleys. Hopefully, you come back up high, and then you go back into a valley, then you end high. You know, you have this like nice little wave, nice little roller coaster. So, pretty boys, great, great in the armor context. Window wise, I, I feel like is an interesting song to me. It's interesting it, every time he goes into like a much older vocal. I I couldn't tell you why. I said I assume it's kind of trying to give the perspective of the elder to kind of say he's the elder here.
0: And that that actually ties into my feelings on the song.
1: The vocal is not for me. I, I prefer the younger vocal, or not even younger. It's I mean, obviously he's older. It's not like Beatles young. But the other songs, he doesn't go into this deeper voice. It's a very deep song. The bass is very deep. He actually uses, um, he was talking about, it's an old bass from Elvis. It's a big, giant standing bass. And it's, the all if you listen, little bass hits that are a little much. So like he when he slaps the uh, strings, they hit back on the uh, fretboard. So you have these little, you know, that, that sound, which is kind of cool. But it's a very just deep song all around.
0: <laughs> that is a great point. And what's funny is, is I was trying, trying really hard to think of like what artist or song this is remind me of and I could not think of it because it is it is different vocally and and the sound of the whole song I found quite different than the rest of the album it, it almost felt like there is a there's a country song in the back of my head or at least a song by a country artist floating around that sounds similar to this but it might not exist it could certainly be yeah it could certainly be its own thing my, my vibe for this was responsibility is that a vibe? <laughs> I, guess, I
1: guess so, yeah. Which, again, yeah, it's like the oldest.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was funny how you, you pointed out that vocally he, he sang and you could tell that he is older. And then I was just, the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm like, I feel like I have a duty. Like, what am I? Why, why do I feel like I need
1: to go do something?
0: <laughs> what, am, yeah. what am I forgetting to do? Yeah. And musically, what also ties into that feeling, um, the snare drum felt very like marching band or military. And, and both of those, yeah, it, it, you hear it and it kind of just sounds like a snare drum you might hear from marching band and military because it's, it's carrying a rhythm. And to me, I mean, if, if that's the sense you're getting, both of those things you are, you know, have some sort of responsibility or they're, they're more structured in that. So it kinda, I think that could have contributed to the vibe of responsibility as well as the, uh, the elder voice.
1: For me, I gave it like a three it's it's something i it's it doesn't bother me too much uh but it's definitely like not in my like I don't skip it, but it's not not something because it's kind of quick, so I'm good with it um and I think again, in the context of where it should be in the album of like the ebb and flow of the album, I think it mat it matches I think it's kind of where it should be i'm I'm cool with it though it's just it, it it's not my favorite, but there are definitely cool parts of it
0: The next song on the album changes the vibe. <laughs> vibe vibe check, vibe change. Um the fifth song on this album is entitled Lavatory Lil. This one I I It's a song. <laughs> this is a song. <laughs> um this one's really fun. It's funky. Um it's it's super funky and I have some I have some different notes on it. Uh I don't know if you want to start. Mine mine is mostly comparing this song to other artists <laughs>
1: okay that's good because lit like i didn't have much to compare it to because i the music i listen to is not in this sphere i know this feel. it's my all i could think about on the naming was polythene pam it's like right there it's like same name but it's not that song it's, it's like the same adjective name that's three letters type thing that's all i had
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but i will say I, I do like the upbeatness because i think it with the ebb and flow of the album you just kind of had this slow, slow, deeper song. So, like, this, like, brings you right back, which
0: is good. I'm glad he snapped you out of the women and wives vibe pretty quickly. I, I didn't want to stay there much longer. Not that I minded, but.
1: <laughs> Very high. Pretty Boys brought it down a little bit. Women and Wives brought it down a little bit more. But then this kind of snaps you back out of it. And so that is a good, good transitions.
0: Yeah. So the opening of Lavatory Lil immediately made my brain jump to Joker and the Thief by Wolfmother.
1: See, these are songs I don't know. I, this is this is why I need to increase you my- You m- know
0: Joker and the Thief. You know Joker and the Thief by Wolfmother. I, if you maybe if that. I listen
1: to it. I don't know it off the band name and the uh, song
0: name. No. Also, didn't we see a bit of Wolfmother live at South by Southwest outside and then they had to like cancel the show because of lightning? I'm super helpful. You were there. Um, <laughs> so it's actually, I mean- it wasn't directly to this when i was listening to it i first the the thing that drifted into my head was cage the elephant but i didn't i wasn't sure why and i think it's cuz cage the elephant has a similar sound or songs that are similar to this um particular song joker and the thief um and it's it's right at um the 42nd mark in that song is the in the guitar that comes in there because the intro to it is very like the who Baba o'reilly and then it changes right at the 40-second mark, um, and this guitar comes in, and it reminds me a lot of the guitar uh, that Paul opens "Lavatory Lil with. And I'm not saying that it's not the same at all, but like if you listen to the, um, I guess, the range of the guitar and the way the guitar is moving, like the uh, movement of the the, chord, the note progression, chord progression, there's some similarities, and um, I just thought yeah, it was it's interesting. It's got a really
1: nice tone, nice groove on it. It's another short quick song, but it, it it's a it's a little jam right there.
0: Mhm. I I it also reminded me of uh Jim Croce. <laughs> oh,
1: interesting.
0: <laughs> like the the song you don't mess around with Jim. They're not this
1: that stomp. Yeah.
0: Girl. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what the whole song kind of reminded me of. So like the, this song in itself just kind of reminded me of like it was like funky Jim Croce, but you know, performed and sung by Paul Sir Ma- Paul McCartney. And uh it's and they're completely different, but that was the other musically similar. That's how I felt about the song.
1: So that leads into um, what we're going to spend most of this episode on, probably.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, this could have just been its own episode. This song, the sixth song <laughs> on the
1: album, is called "Deep Deep Feeling," <laughs> which I will just bury the lead right out front. Uh, I'm giving a seven out of seven, and I'm just going to take a half second to mention what seven out of seven means to me. And what makes it different than six out of seven? Because I think those, you know, when you're doing a rating scale, it's kind of, you know, making you think about it. Um, six and seven are both perfect songs and both aren't missing anything. And I think that's what I want to convey. Six six songs can be seven songs every once in a while. Sevens can sometimes be sixes. But they're both perfect. And that's why I like this scale over like something like five scale because like I don't want to give everything five or else five loses meaning. But I don't want to give something a four because then people are like, what's missing from it no six and seven both perfect seven is just like something that's special for a song or an album and i don't want i do not intend any songs to live up to the seven the sevens are sevens just let them be sevens you know kind of think of like a bell curve like if you're doing averages on ratings there should be very few things out at that tail that end tail at the front and that's kind of what sevens are so anyways i think this song is very special <laughs> i think casey and i both wanted to highlight it um, presumably, because I think <laughs> I haven't read whole notes on it, but when I listen to a song like this, I'm like, "Yeah, that's good. That's that's real good."
0: <laughs> oh, it's so good! It's so good, and it's all—it's a long song. This is what eight, an eight-minute song, eight a I do eight-minute yeah, yeah, song, it,
1: which is it, like again when I was thinking about the album thing for uh, "Find My Way," you never knew how long a song was. And I actually, when I tried when I listen to albums, I try my best not to look or spoil myself on how long a song is because. I kind of like the surprise Mm -hmm. that something keeps going. I did see this one, so I I was like, eight minutes. And I feel like that... But I feel like (laughs) in terms of playlists and albums, people immediately see eight minutes and are scaled or skeptical. They just skip it immediately on principle. Like, I don't want eight minutes. Part of my principle, when I'm listening to at least new albums, I'm really going to try not to see timestamps.
0: See the song length. Yeah. Yeah, because eight eight minutes is...
1: Your brain's immediately like trying to think like, where is this going to go? It's, it's doing a lot of this extra, yeah. extra thinking, which it shouldn't be. It should just be like, you go into a song and this thing could be two minutes or 15 minutes and it's, you just go along for the journey and, and not be kind of expecting eight. So it's a fantastic eight and a half minute song.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's fantastic and it, it evolves. It, it, every it's, it's not eight minutes of the same thing. I will say that, or like exactly the same thing. So right off the bat, musically, you've got a strong drum, which you use the drum as a heartbeat. The, the, it's classic, and that's what it's for there. <laughs> the vibe that I got from this song, a passionate movie murder could take place to this song. Like a whole scene of like everything. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot.
1: There's just a lot. I have a lot of bullet points of a lot of stuff that happens here. And I'll try to go in order with it. I love the, pian- the way the piano comes in the very first time. It's just two chords, but it's, it's great. And also in this time, this is the Beatles' callback. Backwards instrumentation. Interesting. <laughs> love the backwards instruments.
0: I'm, I didn't pick up on that.
1: So that's all that, like, when those wheeled sounds come in, and then they, it's like the...
0: See, but I don't. I don't really recognize that as backwards intr- instrumentation. I don't actually understand what that is.
1: So the song has this, this back, these backwards instruments in it, and what that does is it creates this very uneasy feeling. But more importantly, with pianos, and this is where it's, it's usually it was used in pianos, and it was used. Um, uh, what was this? It was used in a roundabout um, by Yes, very prominently in the very the very first of the song is these. These piano hits where a piano hit is striking and then it fades off. So if you reverse it, it fades in and gets louder and then stops abruptly.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: So it's used to create this very uneasy feeling because you're used to loud piano hit out of nowhere that fades out and it's like, ah, and it just like fades away like waves. Whereas it's really unnerving when out of nowhere just comes this louder and louder sound that just abruptly goes into nothingness. It sets a mood. It sets a really... And that that's in that's part of the whole song. As you know, we were talking about building on the song. That that's one of the the tools that is used to build mood in the song.
0: No, I agree. I, I found I mean, what's funny is that it's like I'm noticing all that. I found the song to just be very sultry and I guess that's why I but also uncomfortable. Maybe that's why I thought passionate movie murder.
1: <laughs> it's it's all over the place. I love the ooh, like that. I mean all the voc all the vocal like in a
0: all the vocals so good. You know, they're they're all they're all so good. Um. So starting at the three thirty mark, I got um, my brain jumped to Pink Floyd. Yeah. And then I went and hunted down why Pink Floyd, and I landed on Great Gig in the Sky. And so with Great Gig in the Sky, you've got vocals that go over, it, but at the three thirty mark, it's guitar here. It's yep. like this echoey guitar. Yeah, then my guitar.
1: Very, very next note after ooh hey was the electric guitar floating in the back. It's just, right, it, it's just floating. It, it's so well produced and played, that guitar back there.
0: Mm-hmm. It really is. If you're, if you're going to get compared to Great gig, gig in the Sky, then you know you did a good job with that guitar.
1: <laughs> there are just so many instruments played that kind of float around you this whole time. That's so good. <laughs> you never have the entire... Like, you never have the entire orchestration playing the same melody throughout the song. It's just everything's kind of doing its own thing and just, like, moving around. Like, things come in and out, things float in the back, things are up front quickly. Nothing is ever, like, everybody's coming at you from the same direction at once. Which, beautiful. (laughs) After the guitar floats in the back, I love how the, um, in the middle, it's a little faster. I don't, I don't know if there's a tempo change, but the song picks up a little bit. It was like slow and then it picks up and then the song slows back down towards the end. But there's definitely like in the middle, it's a little faster.
0: I'm wondering if we picked up on the same part of the song, but noticed something differently about it. Because I wrote it down at the six minute mark. Rhythmically, the song kind of falls out of sync. And I'm wondering if at the same time it did pick up. And it's from about, it's for like the six to seven minute uh, bit of the song. Um, When it falls out of sync, it creates this... What I call the trippy feeling, like you're you're kind of just well, I'm going to compare it to getting high, laying on the back (laughs) of you're just laying on the couch, like what is going on? My whole body feels real effing weird. Moving a little faster. (laughs) That's that's what that's what yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what the 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 music was doing there, like imitating and it kind of because it it did change and then like all of a sudden it like wraps up and it's it's back to normal again
1: it just adds to this this whole uneasiness of the song, of it not never mm-hmm. really, again, it's never fully together until the end.
0: Except right at the end. It's, it's the
1: perfect thing about this album, which is like, it's saying at the end, everything works out for the best. Like, you've just gone through this whole uneasy, like, eight minutes of, like, stuff is floating, moving slow, moving fast. Like, it's all over the place. But right at the end, everything comes together.
0: It ends on... Such a happy, content Mm -hmm. chord. Which, if you listen to how we've been discussing the song, and then say, oh yeah, it just ends on a happy chord. Like, you'd think that wouldn't work. But it does.
1: Yeah, and and I love the way he gets to it, too. Because he layers, everything comes in. but And they're all, um, the guitars, the vocals, he adds it layer by layer. And they don't exactly, of course, which weird is they don't match, right? Because they're different things. But the layers on top of each other match. And then at the end, you get the little, what I called a very, it was a very Beatles sound in guitar to me. It was, it was the most Beatles soundy, This I feel like, of the whole album in kind of, like, four, four chords. But it was, it's the brightest guitar, just like, and then it just ended, right? Everything works out for the best. Such a good song. Oh, so good. And, and <laughs> it's right in the middle of the album, which I feel like, again, is great. The perfect ebb and flow, which is, you start and end on perfect, on good songs, and then in the middle is the peak. The peak's not at the end. The peak's not at the start. Peak's right in the middle. And I, I think that's where you want to work up to because it means you want you want to get to the middle of the album to listen to the song, but you also like want to end the album because it also ends on a good song. So it's just like, is perfectly there. And it's just like, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good song.
0: There's only so many places on an album you'd want to stick an eight minute song. And, and and then this when the rest of the, the songs on the album are not eight minutes, it's like, it's nice in the middle, like you get through it like it's a it is a journey of a song, and now you're on the other side of it. You've got three parts of this album before deep, deep feeling during deep, deep feeling and after deep deep
1: feeling <laughs> one of the best songs that I feel like he's ever written, one of the best like it's just like i don't I can't compare it to too many songs like I can compare bits and pieces of the, it to to other songs, but like the whole thing as a song like I don't think there's many other songs like it
0: no, I agree so i am i that is going on that. That is going on playlists. I want to keep listening to that. One.
1: That's going on like a very special playlist.
0: <laughs> Whatever playlist I listen to the most, that's...
1: <laughs> so after the amazing song that is Deep Deep Feeling, we get Sladden. Because it's Sladden. that that's, that's too much Texas in there. Sliding, <laughs> sliding
0: through in. the air.
1: We, we get Sladden. I'm
0: sliding through the air.
1: Wh- which I would just say... Um, Fantastic! Right after DVD Feeling, because DVD Feeling is great, um, but of course it was a, a long, slow song, and then Slide just comes right in, like it just bring, it, it just snaps you right again. It kind of like Lavatory Little snaps you out of things. This does that to even more of an extent.
0: This song, the opening, brought me mentally directly to Robots the movie when you enter the hell pits of scrap metal machining. <laughs> And they have a very, I don't know if it's grungy, a grungy song, but it's a very similar vibe. So at least mentally, I am now in like, not not a good place, but like a, <laughs> somewhere.
1: I don't think it's a grunge riff. I think it's a blues riff.
0: That I, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I'm not using uh, grungy in the term of actual grunge music. Yeah. I'm pr- I'm just basically using it incorrectly. Yeah,
1: well, I'm thinking of it as bluesy, like a like <laughs> this would be a great song at a bar, like that kind of like grunge bar, bar grungy type type thing. But it's bluesy. That's gotcha. What, I, I assume you <laughs> you meaning by it?
0: Probably. I'm not. I, I don't know what I mean by it. If my brain jumped to robots the movie, I'm I'm, not, I'm there's no help. <laughs> I, for me. I thought of
1: a <laughs> blues bar. You know,
0: it's a very See that's better. I, I wish my brain did that. It's a it's a
1: heavy bluesy riff. It is a good riff. If you think the Laventry little riff was good, this is much better.
0: I know the riff you're talking about. Mm. It stands out. Yeah, it's got this great riff.
1: Uh, the cymbal crashes are great. <laughs> love the cymbal. Love the cymbal crashes right before the chorus. They're very clean. They're very good. The, the thing that gets stuck in my head off this album the most is uh the vocals in this chorus i love the way that the, you know the, the chorus is like you're flying through the air you're gliding through the air but then it's accompanied with these soaring vocal effects
0: yeah he, vocally he does exactly what he's singing which is about
1: it's fun and great <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. it's like he's like really good at writing music or something like that
1: <laughs> there's um it's i think it's called uh, it's called word painting i believe
0: ah mhm
1: is the technical term for it um, which he actually does later on the album too but he's very good at it, and it's like the the very basic word painting is like when you sing the word "high" in a higher register. Like that's the very boring word painting. So doing mm-hmm. flying and gliding through the air, but in a very flying and gliding type way, is really cool. And it it breaks up the heavy bluesy riff with this flying, floaty chorus, which is a really nice juxtaposition.
0: The um, what's funny is the other. The thing that I wanted to point out about this um, in this song, other than Robots the movie, I I, I kind of just want you to edit everything I say out because I'm like insulting the song by comparing. How <laughs> dare you, Mister Robot. How dare I, blasphemous, <laughs> S- silly American? Um, so the guitar behind the I'm sliding vocal reminds me of Come Together. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's different, and especially when you listen to it back to back. But yeah. The guitar that's right under I'm Sliding is, to me, reminds me of the guitar in the opening of Come Together. So that, that could, that's, it, it's interesting to to listen to those one after the other. And I'd be curious if, if someone else felt the similarities.
1: That makes sense, because Come Together is also bluesy. Speaking of the guitar, there's also a guitar solo in here. Love when there's a guitar solo. Um, and, I, and I like the, uh, there's like other instruments mixed in with the guitar solo too, which is Makes it fun. There's like, there's a couple weird ones in there. That experimental take of this whole album of just like, we're gonna have a guitar solo, but we're gonna have a couple of like instruments which you can't really pick up on what they are. There's 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 that robot sounding instrument. (laughs) It sounds like a robot.
0: I'm glad my brain went to come together later to make up for the fact that it first went to robots.
1: (laughs) So ashamed. It's a blues song.
0: I'm gonna find, I need to like hunt down whatever song plays in that scene so that (laughs) i can see if there's actually a basis for comparison because there might be there could be but this is like this is digging into memory brain sludge from over a decade ago i don't even remember when that movie came out but and i have not watched it since around the year that it came
1: out Sliden was good i i gave it a a nice spicy six out of seven because i it also ends up on playlist it's just good song. next song on the album kiss of venus which my vibe is just sitting in a park that's my vibe and i'm sticking to it oh
0: mine was on the front porch
1: there you go
0: yeah mine was sitting on the front porch sipping a mug of coffee breathing deeply the fresh air
1: i feel like he wrote this song he just had a melody that come came to him and he just wrote the guitar around it Yep, that's the song.
0: I, I felt like, and I could be completely wrong, I felt like he could have pulled this song right off of an old Beatles album, like something like that. It could just fit in. It was very simple. and
1: I feel like this is how he writes songs a lot of the time, which is he, I feel like he's gifted and he has melodies just like, he just like probably sings stuff out loud half the time and it's like, that sounds good. And then he just writes something around it. I feel like that's what this is. I mean, what was it? Yesterday he was like, I hold it in my in a dream and I had to like, when I woke up, I immediately just had to write down what I heard in the dream. Like, I think he just, hears melodies all the time and he writes stuff around it.
0: He has an interesting brain.
1: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> he's written some good songs off of it.
0: Yeah, he has, totally has.
1: Um, those, this is the uh, song with the aforementioned uh, word painting. Do you, do you know what the word painting in the song was? No. If you listen to the uh, lyric harmonic sound, he sings it a second time with a second voice. So it's in harmony.
0: Harmonic sound. Look at you, Gopal. <laughs> so cool. You know, it's
1: it's it's simple, but, it, you know, it's a simple song. So simple things like that work really well.
0: This is a cute song. I, d- I don't think I'd be sticking. I mean, unless my playlist was I want to feel like I'm sitting outside and breathing fresh air. I probably wouldn't stick the song in a playlist, but I really like it. It it gives you kind of like the warm fuzzies. I'd
1: I'd put this on a spring playlist.
0: Yeah. I don't. Well, the problem is, is I don't make many playlists. I'm going to be sitting here saying I'd stick it on this kind of playlist, but like I don't have playlists. Like I have a couple.
1: My playlists are greater or equal than four stars, greater or equal than five stars, greater or equal than six stars, seven stars, six stars, five stars, four stars.
0: So, yes, listeners, we are siblings, but we are very different.
1: I do have a couple <laughs> other ones. I have Seasons and then I have like a driving one.
0: And you should just follow, I, I should just follow you on Spotify, steal all your playlists. Ah, except on- you don't have Spotify. You have Apple Music. See, this is. You, you can follow me on Apple Music. Yeah. But, yeah, but I've got
1: Spotify. Nah, 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 nah. So I, I gave Kiss of Venus a five. Good.
0: Yeah. I'd Solid call it a five. That song feels right. So the next song on this album, num- number nine, is Seize the Day. And it is not anything like Seize the Day from the Newsies.
1: I'd say this is the most Beatlesy song.
0: I, I wrote Sergeant Pepper. Is that you? <laughs> yep.
1: This is <laughs> the... It's got that Descending bassline Chorus thing going on. Which, <laughs> that's the Beatles. And even even in the uh, interview, which if I didn't say Olio, um, that I put in the show notes, it will be in the show notes. It's, it's on Paul McCartney's YouTube page. Um, but he even mentioned the similarities. And he's just like, you know he d- he doesn't always set out to write a Beatles song, but he also doesn't tell himself if this song just starts sounding Beatles Beatlesy that he's going to try not to write it. Like he just writes the songs that he's feeling that day. So if he's feeling like this song, he's just gonna write this song. As
0: a Beatle, he's allowed.
1: Everyone <laughs> everyone's allowed. It's it's not like
0: everyone's allowed,
1: but like if anyone's allowed, yeah, it's like every once in a while, it's like. And that's I, I feel like this is and yeah. It's got that. It's got that little such. I I can see Sgt. Peppo's. It's. Good, great lyrics. Just like it's a very um good just go out and do something vibe.
0: <laughs> what I got from this song is it feels like the the vibe I get from it is the album or a show is coming to a close. Like I don't know why it made me feel that. Um, but it did. And I maybe that's why I also kind of thought of Sergeant Pepper was their opening song to Sgt. Pepper's Lily Hearts Club band is, you know, them talking about a show i'm not quite sure what the comparison was but it did it I, maybe musically it makes me feel like something is coming to a close well yeah
1: i mean a show a show could tell you if it was coming to a close could be like hey after the show go out and get you know go go out and do do stuff right like take what you've learned from this and go out and apply it right
0: yeah and I, for me when I, getting that it was nice that this was the there's only two other songs after this so it it's it's towards the end of the album. It's getting there. It's it's like introducing this feeling of things wrapping up. It's not it's not a song to end the album on, but like that that's where you're getting with it.
1: Yeah, which I, th- I think again, just a very solid song. Went back and forth between five and six on this one, but I, I eventually settled on six. I like it. V- very very nice playlist material right here. Second to last song of the album is deep down. Uh so deep down, this is the only song on this album that I which wasn't here.
0: Um,
1: which I, I might not might not be a sh- view that's shared by you. I didn't ask. But i would just say, I, I, the least favorite song of the album. We were just talking about how Seize the Day is saying things are wrapping up now. And I just feel like it would have been real good that the next song is the one that wraps it up. I just feel like this one's just like, it's too long and too repetitive. Like, Deep, Deep Feeling is a longer song, but it plays with a ton of musical ideas that keep me interested. and like make me really like the song. Deep down's kind of the same thing for six minutes and it's six minutes and like it doesn't ruin the album for me because it's at the end. It's like if you're gonna put the song, put it here. Let's so it's in the right place. Yeah.
0: I was about to say I was trying to think if there's like a different place you could put it, but oh, no. I you can't. No. <laughs> like
1: it it just depends like the mood. Like it, it you know, but the mood comes back down. Like I would be much happier just doing Seize the Day to win, winter Winterboard when Winter Comes. Then you have a 10-song minute, ten song album, 39 minutes. That's great. Oh, if this was like a three-minute song, I'd be okay with it too. I think it's the fact that it's six minutes and it just kind of mm-hmm. kind of does the same thing for six minutes.
0: I actually really like this song. I don't have anything to really get into why I like it. And I think because I like it um, for what it is, I don't mind the fact that it's six minutes, but I would agree that with where it is, I think it probably should have been shorter. So what I went to, like, vibe-wise when I was listening to it, I kind of... I pictured, like, a nightclub. I pictured a movie scene at a nightclub, and this is the song that the viewers are hearing, not the song that would be playing at the nightclub. It feels kind of groovy, and like, goes with what the characters in the movie would be, you know, going at. And you can kind of... And I kind of picture it when the song ends, like, they're, you know, they're together, they're, kind, they're probably leaving together, or something like that. So... In that sense, it is like the evening wrapping up, the end of the album wrapping up. So I didn't mind it as much. Um, just probably because that's what I was visualizing when I'm listening to this song, and I I I like it. I like the vibe you're getting from it. It's not it's not anything that it doesn't bring you on any roller coasters. It's kind of it's there. It's mellow. It's and it's neat. And it I, I, it it is different. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Than what he's done on the rest of the album and. I mean every I swear every song is different. Every song musically and in sound is so different. And I'm trying to think of like what genre, maybe like is this touching on like a different genre of music that might be like a little longer in tone where it just kind of keeps going like is this like a lofi? is this the lo-fi beats of I mean McCartney 3
1: <laughs> I mean McCartney 1 was one of the very first what people would consider a lo-fi album. So it's not uncharted territory for him
0: yeah i i i like this song and if so now michael if this song was not the 10th song on the album between after a song that already started to wrap things up would you like it better would you like it better on its own or do you actually dislike the song
1: i i don't I, i shouldn't say dislike it i i get bored with it i think I think three minutes. I think it just needs to be three minutes. I think that's all. Yeah,
0: I, 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 I can see why.
1: Like, I, I don't actively skip it. And, and I gave it my famous classic two rating, which is my way of saying, I don't like it, but I can see why others do. Um, and that's, so that's like, I accept, like, I'm glad to hear you like it, actually. Because it's always hard. Like, I never know what some people like and some people don't like. If other people like something, then you know, it should be on the album. And to, for me, I think I would like it more without the song or with this song, just kind of at three minutes. Um, but I definitely, like, the vibe, like, the, it is catchy. It is, like, I like the idea. It's just, like, I get bored of the idea. So my problem is I get trigger-happy with Skip. It's like, I hold two minute, minutes of this, I'm good with that, and now I kind of want to. Gotcha. It.
0: I never, at no point did I get the feeling that I wanted to Skip it. So I know I didn't get bored with oh, it. Oh, that's good. Okay. But I was also listening to a lot when I was, like, working. So there's a chance that... Then this song came on, you know, I was just kind of in my work, in my zone. And some, and songs like this are good for that, where you just kind of have the same thing and it keeps going and it's, a, it's something you are enjoying just kind of listening to in the background.
1: I try to do, at least listen to every album one time while all I'm doing is listening. Not even like writing up notes, like just listen, not even looking at my phone, nothing, just listening. And yeah, I think that's why I noticed it it is the song well if you're working it's easy to be like oh i'm actually just gonna do some extra a little bit extra work because i'm not focused on the music too much and you can let it zone out in the back because it because of the kind of vibe of the song which you mentioned of it being just kind of a backdrop to a scene in a movie it does Mm -hmm. lend itself to that
0: yep I've got two two songs so this one and deep deep feeling are the two songs that I just started picturing movie scenes that don't exist non-existence mov non-existent movies started playing through my head <laughs> it's exhausting being me <laughs>
1: To wrap up the album, we've got um Winterboard slash When Winter Comes. Winterboard is just a bookend callback, which is fantastic.
0: hmm Also give me more of that guitar, always. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For vibe senses, deep down is a little slower, a little, you know, lo-fi. And it's not upbeat, so Winterboard brings you right back like, oh yeah, I know that, that's fun. And then when winter comes is a very chill folk ending. Um, I don't have anything to say about it, but it's just a chill folk ending. <laughs>
0: I just said it. You've got the bookend, and then it completely changes, and it's cute and happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and what I was saying about on deep down, what I felt like deep down almost didn't need to be those because to me, seize the day and find my way have um, similar feels to them, and then the two winter bodes also bookend, so you'd have like this double bookend feel, which would be kind of fun. But I, you know, I digress. Yes,
0: no, I I see your point. I I still. I don't I'm trying to think of what Deep Down achieves, and it just kind of it's just so mellow and there and relaxed and then you end the album and i I, I don't have any more notes for when winter comes i I think it's just a, it's a nice little wrap-up song.
1: It's a peaceful folk song and then there are men's and then it's a it's a very good um song that makes you want to start it over again. Yes, which is important for an ending song to kind of be like. Yeah, that was good. I kinda wanna do that again, right?
0: <laughs> again, again. It doesn't
1: end on this huge statement where I feel like, Whoa, okay, how do I even stop this album again? Like, because you hold the book end of it, you're like, I could hear that riff again. Like, could go. And back I
0: mean to if that. you play it on Spotify a certain way, it will start the album right over again and you'll just be like, Yeah <laughs> just
1: keep this looping. You know in. what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted this again. Even with deep down, the song it, the album's still forty five minutes, eleven songs. It's it's very easy. Very easy to listen through it a couple times and not not get bored of it, not like feel like it's too long or too short. Like I feel like it's it's a very good very good album.
0: Now, I'm curious what you rated this. I'm I I don't have your rating scale to heart. I did look at it. And I wouldn't call this album to me, I wouldn't call this album 7 out of 7, but it's up there. I would say this is above average in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I um so my rating, I we have to agree on one. So sometimes I don't do decimal. I'm not going to do decimal ratings. That's the whole point of the seven scales. I don't need decimals. But I my I wrote down the I put in the five point five range, which is my way of saying I I'll let you sway me and one. Of, I will be happy with either side of that.
0: I was, I was leaning six. I think that he does so much, so much in every song musically. There's just so much there that. I feel like I have not fully appreciated every bit that is there to be appreciated. I think that that lends to that score of getting up there to the six.
1: The one thing that was kind of holding me back a tad was deep down, but if I'm, and that's what makes me happy that you like it enough, you know, a lot, uh, enough. Like, you don't also, like, don't dislike it as much as I do.
0: No, which, I actually no. really enjoyed the song. I like that, I like it a lot. So. And I, I didn't feel like it detracted from the album. Yeah. And, and as I
1: mentioned uh, inside of Deep Deep Feeling, what 6 and 7 meant, the same kind of applies for 5. Well, to me, 5 is a great album. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just solid, like a very solid album, like above average. So that 6 is what I call exceptional. So it is that, you know, it's not the it doesn't have the special like 7 out of 7 album, which again, most albums we listen to not going to give a 7 out of 7. like seven again is reserved you not there's nothing wrong with being a six six and seven are both just quality music all around and i'm very happy with um like i said either a five or a six just because yeah it doesn't there's just nothing lacking and i think there's enough goods like real good songs on here to warrant bumping it up to the six because i mean deep feeling is special and so that's gonna like draw the album and you know everything about it is perf- you know perfectly done perfectly placed. Everything about it is correct, so that you can, you know, it drags this whole album up,
0: right? I am trying to figure out how he wrote so many different songs, so many different and good songs that I would listen to on their own, stuck them together in an album, and have them work together.
1: Again, we're blessed to live in this age. Well, he might be the best musician that's like ever lived, and it's not that it's easy for him to produce this, but he literally has 60 years of making music, like 60 years of experience, which is just like, we cannot even fathom how much that is. And it's not like he's just like that old. Like this was his 18th solo studio. He also had like other bands. He had Wings, he had the Beatles, he had the Fireman, he had oh, he, like, he had a lot of other stuff going on. Like he's just been writing music for 60 straight years. And so you have knowledge of playing
0: you get 100. good. Yeah, you have a knowledge
1: of writing, <laughs> of playing fifty to a hundred instruments. You've written hundreds and hundreds of songs. You kind of know how to write songs and how they work together, and like what you like and what you think goes together. Like that level of experience, where you do not hear many artists at seventy eight writing music. No,
0: no, and writing such good music. So yeah, my feelings on this is if you have not listened to McCartney three, please do yourself a favor and listen to McCartney 3. It is not, it does not take too much of your life away to listen to it. If you happen to not like it, it is under an hour and it's just, it's so great. There's so much good here.
1: I've been listening to it for the last month. So I was, I was uh, very happy to to suggest it for our first episode because I was, I I keep coming back to it. Like it it grows on you. Like the first listen was like, okay, a deep deep feeling definitely stood, stood out the first time. But then as I've gone back like every day, I'm just like, kind of want to hear that again, which is the sign of a, an, a good, really a great album is one that you just keep wanting, you know, it keeps drawing you back in. Like you, you just want to hear it again. Like that's, that's, that's what makes it great. I'm happy with a six for this album. I think that's, that's a, it's a real good rating. And like Casey said, like go out and listen to this next week. We will, we've got another album because we enjoy listening to albums. Like we said in the intro, music discovery is a big part of the show and I know Casey not to uh, call her out here but Casey will get an album and then just that's the only album she listens to for about five years
0: I will exist in that album
1: which I always feel like we have this battle between I I just want to listen to everything and then I'm like Casey would love this and then it's like I cannot get her to listen to it for like multiple years and then she listens to it's like yeah that's amazing I love this thing I'm gonna listen to this every day it's like that's what I've been saying this whole time.
0: It's like, no, no, I'm still over. I will listen to the same album forever. I will listen to the same book series forever.
1: <laughs> so this show is to force Casey to listen to new albums.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> she has to. I appreciate it. I know it's good for me.
1: <laughs> You're gonna like this. So next week's album will be um, Titanic Rising by Way's Blood, which is a album that was highly rated last year um not last year 2019 well two years ago uh,
0: which i completely
1: missed i at all the year-end charts of all the the cool kids publications it was like in the top five of like real good real good stuff um and i just found it like a month ago so it's an indie single songwriter pop type thing there's some real good stuff on it it's another i think i sent you the moment i listened to it i sent it to you and uh I don't think you've listened to it since then because that's what you do to the albums. I try to recommend through text. Correct.
0: <laughs> it's lucky if they get clicked on. I'm like, oh, that's probably really good. Yeah, yeah and it, then I, if, I sp- <laughs> if
1: I take the time to listen to something and then I send it to you, I'm like, you should listen to this. You're going to really like this. Um, and then I know it just Terrible. dies. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. I'm trying.
0: <laughs> Let me help you help me help you you're going <laughs> to like to this music
1: help. you should listen well, to it
0: well now i will because i pitched this podcast to you you're welcome
1: that'll be next week's episode if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a rating on apple podcasts
0: can you leave ratings on other apps ah
1: you can i know you can thumbs up on youtube i i assume you can rate on i mean spotify's podcast now i'm sure they want you to rate and although i don't think we to be on spotify because spotify's annoying with podcasts but yeah appreciate the rating and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys next week
0: that's not our sign off.
1: you're supposed to say the thing
0: oh we both say the thing you're supposed
1: to say the thing
0: oh oh i see you now okay catch you on the b-side